Good morning and welcome to episode 10 of the Harmonious Homeschooler. Today we're going to talk about the giant question of what about me? That is, how do you carve out a life for yourself in the middle of homeschooling? Uh, so our first thing that we are going to talk about is where the hell have we been? And we haven't been around. And I just took a new job. And so I've been working on that. Um, and I sent one, two children off to college, which is kind of wild because one of them, again, was unexpected. And I'm trying to homeschool my freshman in high school. I don't know how well that's going, but we'll, t we'll get into it. And then my husband just came home, which is exciting. And my husband just left. So not left, left, like he's back to work now. He was off all summer, but he's back to work now. So we've just sort of been navigating that transition of having him here hundred percent of the time to having him not. So that's what's up here. And just getting started with homeschooling, three kids, three different levels. So, yeah, we finished the current curriculums we were on or the current levels as we call it that we're on. So it's been making a transition over here. And then I've been actually out of the house helping a friend with um, just life. She ended up injured. So, she, um, so I've been spending a lot of time just helping her out. So um, lucky with two high schoolers that they're pretty self-sufficient. So so, yeah, so the point is we're just as busy and crazy as everybody else. Um, <laughs> but we are going to try, once again, we say this all the time, though, we're going to try to be a little more regular about posting because we've heard so much wonderful feedback from lots of people who are who appreciate what we're doing and also feel like they could use the advice. And it's good for us because I think it's a good time to talk. So, all right, so... On the what about me, we're going to start with the question of managing your time and schedules. Some people are really good at having schedules. I stink at it. So I'm going to turn this over to Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> like I got the dog and on we, a schedule. That's about it. We do realize the irony of talking to you guys about managing your time and schedules when we don't seem to be that great at it ourselves. But I think acknowledging that you need to work on it is half the problem. And that's where we are now. So schedules are really great for us. I am a huge planner person. Um, and I try to apply that across the board. So I think one of the first things that you can tackle with planning is your meals, plan a weekly menu, sit down. And this is an area that admittedly I really need to work on. And I have a friend who's so good at it. She has a chalkboard wall in her kitchen and she writes down her menu every week. And it's so inspiring. She posts it to share with me and I'm trying so hard to pick it up in my house. Um, but sit down over the weekend, plan your weekly menu, make your grocery list to match that menu. And then you're set and you don't even have to think about what you're going to do every night because it's already there for you. Whereas in my house, inevitably sometime around two or three in the afternoon, my husband will come to me and say, what sounds good for dinner? And then we spend three hours talking about it <laughs> and end up making the same thing we would have made if we hadn't spent three hours talking about it. It's just a giant waste of time. So. Yeah. So the planning ahead. Good. Um, the, the things that I would add about food is that it's really okay to just kind of step back from the expectations. I think one of the things about social media, right, is that we go on there and everyone's making beautiful gourmet food and companies are sending us things where you too can have these incredible gourmet delicious meals with 14 different sauces. And at least on weeknights, 
six ounces of ro grilled or roasted meat, one starch, one green, one salad done. <laughs> I think is a really old school kind of easy way of dealing with this problem. Or no meat if you're a vegetarian, just like cut back, scale back your expectations on weeknights and that can really help you streamline your day. If it legit takes 30 minutes to make dinner, that is a very different sort of setup than if you're struggling with kind of how to construct um, an awesome meal. There's a really good reason why our moms made casseroles when they went back to work in the seventies, you know, that was a thing. It's because they're easy, hearty and quick. So yeah, that's my advice on that. I also kind of stink at Nisha. You've got a good system going. Yeah, I have. Um, I'm one of those weird people who actually do gourmet meals, but I do a lot of prepping in advance. So we have a we have most of our food actually delivered, and we're not talking like those companies that come with the whole meal prepared, and all you have to do is throw it together. Um, my meat is delivered from a local farm. And we have fresh fruits and vegetables that are delivered twice a week through a regional service. Uh, this way, the only time I'm literally going to the store, because if um, those who personally know me, I hate shopping. Um, so the staples I usually have to pick up are like dairy, toilet paper products, paper product, other paper products, and that's it. Um, and even then, if I can, I'll admit, um, I use Instacart and I have someone do the shopping for me and drop it off at my house because honestly, that's how much I hate shopping. Um, but anyway, when things arrive, we actually carve out the time as a family to do a lot of food prep. I know I mentioned this before, but, um, that's our a major staple in our household of quality family time. So for example, our box of fruit and vegetables show up. I have one child rinsing off, say the strawberries that are coming or the blueberries that are coming and cutting them up. So they're just grab and go food. I prep the oven. So that way I can throw the squash in the oven. So the squash is already pre-cooked and all I have to do is make meals with it afterwards. Um, so for this week, um, I had so much onions. So I made a French onion soup and I had enough stuff to make chili this week. So I made huge vats and vats. I'm like four gallons worth of French onion soup. And then I made three gallons of uh, chili on Sunday and we just ate it in different forms throughout the week. So breakfast, sometimes we had rice with chili and poached eggs on top. Um, we had French onion soup as a good staple for, you can throw the soup in with your noodles so that as you cook it, this way has a little more flavor or, um, I made French onion soup on Sunday night. I made French onion soup and then the girls ate French onion soup for lunch with their sandwiches during the day. Um, but I literally cooked twice this week. That's awesome. That's amazing, Nisha. Yeah. I love so, that idea. So giant batch cooking, that seems like such a good way of doing it. Um, I think another thing to touch on that Nisha mentioned is the delegating, you know, getting your food delivered is huge. And we also use Instacart. It's something that I can just sit down and put my order in and then have somebody else do. I, I make sure that I tip generously because I recognize that someone else is doing the hard work for me. And yes, this is a privilege that not everybody can afford, but we've made cuts to our budget in other places to justify that. I also do Amazon subscribe and save. 
which I set up a schedule of the things we need, like rabbit food and hay, um, household supplies, that types of things. So anything that you can delegate and have delivered to you and take that off your plate is a huge time saver. Yeah, And I think getting the kids involved is so important. Um, when my guys were younger, we used to sort of do a thing called the five minute room rescue. I don't know if anyone's ever done that from we do 10 minute cleanup it sounds similar yeah so we pick yeah. one room and set a timer for five minutes and just like put everything away in that room and that's an easy thing that you can do with little ones that really does help kind of carve out some space and, and cut back on the chaos um there's other things you can do of course to get kids involved i think when you have teenagers it becomes a lot easier because i think they want to be part of the process if you can sort of set this stuff up as part of their responsibilities in the family and not you necessarily like wagging your finger and telling them what to do. Um, and that's sort of tricky. You guys have some good tips about how to make that happen. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned before, we have our little sort of homeschool family command center where I list out everything that the kids are responsible for. And we have a pretty solid routine that we've instituted over the years where, you know, they're responsible for their own breakfasts. They get up in the morning and take care of that themselves. They know that as soon as breakfast is done, they unload the dishwasher. That way it's empty and we can reload it throughout the day. We don't end up with a sink piled full of dirty dishes by the time bedtime rolls around when everybody's too exhausted and worn out to handle it. We can just stick our dishes in the dishwasher throughout the day. After dinner, everybody helps clear off the table. We pop a tab in and close it and run it and it runs overnight and it's ready for the next morning that has helped significantly keep down on kitchen clutter it also makes it easier to cook and actually eat at home which the pandemic has helped with exponentially as well but prior we used to just say you know the kitchen's a mess we don't feel like cooking let's order takeout or delivery and you know that while it's a nice luxury to have it eats into our budget and takes away from other things so sure so Nisha your guys have been working on helping you out forever right since they were tiny tiny yes I have my kids have always had chores so simple when they're really really young say toddlers simple as opening up the dryer door and then pulling the dryer the clean clothes out of the dryer into the hamper then help sorting it of who belongs to whose. It was always a game when the kids were little of realizing, and it works into your whole homeschooling agenda of, oh, whose socks are bigger? Well, daddy's socks are always bigger than everybody else's. Um, so, in so what are they doing now, though? What do you have them working on now? Uh, for now, uh, the kids are responsible every morning for vacuuming the stairs because um, those are the only carpets in my house. And then sweeping the common area downstairs, which consists of a living room, the dining room, the kitchen, a bathroom, and uh, Ian's office slash ballet room. Because of COVID, we had to turn that into a studio. So um, that is their major thing they have to do every single day of the week. And then um, big things, washing the floors has to be done once a week. Um, mowing the lawn in the summertime has to be done once a week. So and you said you're on to making a midday dinner. Tell us about how that works. Oh, midday dinner. Midday dinner is my girls this year. Uh, ballet is later because they're, they've leveled up in a company. 
So their classes don't usually start until um, five, six o'clock at night. And then they're going until nine, nine 30. Wow. So I serve European style. So now dinner happens at two o'clock. This way I can serve a big meal, fill them full of calories. So that way they can expend it later in the day. Um, and the kids need to help me with that. <clears throat> and then luckily Ian is currently working from home. So we sit down as a family for lunch and then the evening hours where most people are having dinner, my children are just making sandwiches or scoffing down soup before they head out. So that way they have a little fluid and a little food in their stomach. So that way they can go on for the rest of the day. I think that's actually a really important thing to point out is that so you've changed it up based on what works specifically for your tribe. And I, it's so important that you kind of like take a look at everything you're doing. If you're feeling really overwhelmed and say like, okay, you know, everyone has dinner at six o'clock, but do we have to have dinner at six o'clock? Why do we have dinner at six o'clock? This does not work with our ballet schedule, for example. And I just think it's, you know, it's super important that you kind of try to analyze what you're doing and to figure out if it actually is working for how you're living. Absolutely. Um, I think also too, being able to recognize that nothing that you do is set in stone. You know, Nisha mentioned that it's this year that her daughters have changed their ballet class times. It wasn't always like this. You didn't always eat dinner at 2 p.m. But for this year, for this season of your life, that's what works. And being able to recognize that just because you've done something the same way up to this point doesn't mean that you're just going to arbitrarily continue to do it that way. So being able to kind of step back and take an objective look at your life and your schedule and make those changes where they need to be made is going to really help you out. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so another big issue I think lots of people have, are running into is how do you do this while working a full-time job, either from home or out in the world? So I know lots of people in my own family who are not, who are working from home or who are going to work. And then they've also got kids who are not able to go into school on a regular basis. Um, for myself, I just kind of had got a new job and I'm thrilled to have that job and I'm really enjoying it, but it's a challenge. And I definitely feel like I'm leaving my new freshman in high school who is not enrolled in a school, we just, we walked away. Um, and he is homeschooling and doing okay, I think. But honestly, I'm not as checked in as I was when he was in school full-time or when he was homeschooling full-time. And, and figuring this out is definitely a big negotiation and a big sort of question mark. And I, I feel like this is something I need advice on. I need help because <laughs> he's not getting the attention he deserves. And this is where I actually feel like I do have a good grasp on things. And it's, I think, because of my affinity for all things office supplies and <laughs> my deep love of planners and different colored ink pens for every member of the family. And my eighth grader actually this year requested to have his own planner, oh which amazing. is working out really well. And I, he, he helped me, you know, sort of figure out the system of how we set that planner up. He requested that each of his subjects be a different color, whereas in my family planner has a different color. Uh, and I don't know if he did that because he just wanted to see a rainbow in his planner every day or if there was a real specific reason, but it's working. He can pick up his planner and look through it and know exactly what he's responsible for that day. And it doesn't require me 
dictating to him, this is what needs to happen. So not only can he be a self-starter and get up and get started before I'm moving in the morning, um, it also allows me to focus on my younger two who are not as self-directed and, you know, sort of teaching themselves the way he is. The curriculum that he's using this year is student-led, so he can do it entirely independently. I'm there for, you know, questions and feedback, but at this point, I'm not really his teacher. I'm more of a facilitator, and that's really going very well. Uh, There are a lot of things that he still asks me to read out loud, but it's one of the situations where he'll come to me and say, I need to read chapter four of The Sand Reckoner. Will you please read it aloud to me? I've done this, this, and this. This is what I'm ready for. And it helps a lot because then I can see where I need to sort of divide my time throughout the day, but he's still getting what he needs um, as well. Yeah, I love writing planners. I'm totally artsy and we'll talk about how I don't use, I don't use a planner anymore. Let's go. Let's start there. I had to ditch using a written planner. There's just, I've got too many schedules to keep track of and I can't do personally. I cannot handle multiple planners all at one time. It just, it leads to chaos because I always forget one or the other and then I screw things up. So about five years ago, um, we switched to cozy. Uh, it's a free download app that you can access via your computer or a phone. Um, I happen to pay for prescription and honestly, it's the only way I'm staying sane. It breaks down each one of us with our own individual schedules and breaks our to-do and our shopping list based on, I can color code everything. So when anybody opens up a device, I'll, even my kids now all have media devices, they can see what they're responsible for, what their timetable is. With me, especially being out of the house since July, um, it's really helped where um, keeping my kids on task because they know they'll have to answer for what they did to be able to move on to the next project. In some cases, did you finish everything I asked you to do? Because if not, you can't do X, Y, or Z. Um, So it's worked really well. Um, So the girls schedule, I can even program for ballet right into it underneath a school heading. And literally it's all set up. So that way um, all the teachers, all the numbers are in there. And then even vacation breaks are all listed and it pulls it out of the system. Um, Menu planning is super easy because it's just a click of a button and I'm slowly putting in all of our recipes. So it's literally a drag, drag and click and I'm done and it automatically makes my shopping list. It knows what I have in my pantry. So that way I'm not wasting by buying 20 jars of cumin, which is amazing. So, um, so, okay. Cozy did not pay us for this endorsement, but uh, maybe they should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check it out. Thanks, Nisha. That's good to know. Um, cool. So, all right. So we should get to what we're, what we wanted to talk about the, the core of this a little bit was, um, learning to take some time for yourself. So I'm just going to jump ahead a little cause yeah, we're, we're it's a long talk. Um, and one of the thir- first things that Morgan pointed out is about sort of taking about what is, what does it mean? Like grounding time? Right. We were talking about this yesterday, Maria. Yeah. Yep. So grounding time is just really acknowledging that you have to come first. You are 
most likely sort of like the heart and soul of your little family. Everybody depends on you. You're keeping all of these balls and plates up in the air, juggling, making sure that everybody's needs are met all of the time. But if your needs aren't met and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be as good as you could be for other people. So one of the really important things that we do is just, you know, I've mentioned before that I'm totally not a morning person. I can't be the kind of person who just wakes up raring to go and hops out of bed and, you know, pops down to the kitchen and starts making this gourmet breakfast. I need my time to sort of wake up and come into consciousness slowly. Uh, And my whole family knows this about me and they honor that and they recognize it. And I now have the ability to just sort of wake up and, you know, I keep my phone charging on my nightstand and I, in the morning, check out Instagram. That's how I start my day. I've cultivated my feed so that it's a very creative and pleasant thing to see. It's not full of, you know, politics and current events and news, which sometimes tend to get my blood pressure a little bit elevated. (laughs) Not a great way to start the day. Um, And my husband, same way. He can't function until he's had coffee. So he does hop up out of bed and go straight to the kitchen and get that coffee pot brewing. But we don't bother him until that cup is, has been consumed and he's ready to go. That's me. I'm uh, coffee and tea is my grounding morning too. As long as I have some sort of caffeine, I don't care what it is, but before talking to me, before I have that first cup, I can't promise how crass I might sound. (laughs) I I have a tendency to sort of have, well, I try to carve out like 15 minutes of time in the mornings and in the evenings that I'm alone. Um, And another thing that I've sort of recently discovered is that I can take my phone and shut off social media, but but my phone is still available for people to contact me. So only the contact apps are available during the day, um, but no social media, no news feeds. And I really like that setup. I'm so happy that I figured out how to do it. Well, I didn't figure out a teenager showed me how to do it, but it makes a really, really big difference in my distraction level over the course of the day. Um, So that's kind of, I guess, my grounding. And then another thing that we'd strongly recommend is like taking a little bit of time to be creative. And so I kind of do some craft fairs. And so working on the stuff that I bring to those craft fairs is my creative time. And I'm grateful for having it and I'm grateful that it brings us a little extra money and it's lots of fun and my dining table is covered right now with mountains of felt and (laughs) kite paper and all kinds of good stuff and that's what I do what do you guys do for creative time I kind of have the whole gamut of crafting covered I've done scrapbooking I've actually done at the professional level and my problem is that I go like 110% to something and then I burn out. So I'll do sewing and I'll do all of it. And then I'll get bored and never want to see a sewing machine again. So I kind of rotate between all of the hobbies. Um, But I think for me, just recognizing that honestly, even working on the homeschool planning and the planners, the way I've color coded everything and searching for resources like that fulfills that creative need for me. Um, And it's kind of lame because it's really not me. It's not about me, but it works and I'm doing it for now and it's okay. And I do feel like it's kind of filling my cup rather than taking away. So cool. So that works. Yeah. This year, <laughs> sorry. Uh, this year I, I splurged and bought um, 
a art program. I can do art. Great. Fine. Um, it takes a lot of brain power for me to start something myself and do it from scratch. Um, usually I have Nutcracker, but with COVID this year, uh, Nutcracker's off the table. So um, I actually get to focus on home, which is amazing because I haven't done it in 10, 15 years now. So um, the art projects are all seasonal based. So once a week, um, I bought it for Allie, but I'm using it. Um, so we sit down as a family and we do these, um, someone else tells me what to draw, which is kind of, kind of liberating actually, because I don't have to think about it. I just do it. Um, and then deep, <laughs> sounds weird, but deep cleaning my home and setting up for the season, um, has been really, really grounding and enjoying because I get, we bought this house three years ago and I haven't been ever, ever to decorate it because Nutcracker has always been my number one creative focus. So this year, yay. Um, I'm just having a lot of fun. I'm doing a lot of gardening. I planted a bunch of flowers. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Cool. Um, another thing that we'd strongly recommend is sort of taking time to reflect um, with religious or spiritual activities. And we're not necessarily talking about a specific practice, but taking time to check in with whatever is most important to you. Um, nature, religious services, something that feeds your soul. For lots of people, this is, can be as simple as taking a walk on the beach. For me, it's um, being part of a religious community and being able to go to that, to those services and, and be in fellowship with other people. Um, and I, we've been very fortunate in that our uh, religious community has a, a really amazing website where you can sort of any time of the day, they've got different services and information and lectures and all kinds of good stuff available on the internet, but now we're open and able to go do that. So that's been amazing. That's great. For me, I take a bath <laughs> and I know it kind of sounds ridiculous, but that's my me time. I can go in the bathroom and close the door and bubble bath or bath salts or whatever to just close my eyes and just kind of focus on nothing and erase my mind and go to bed with a blank slate. Nice. Yeah. Reflection's a huge thing for me. Um, my true downtime to ground myself at the end of the day, I have different types of reflection cards. Um, just some of them are psychological based that I made in college. Some of them are Oracle cards. I got tarot cards. I mean, there it's just a jumping point. So I grab a deck, I shuffle, I pull a random card, and then I just write down what's going on in my life based on what that card says. So uh, for one of the decks, one of the words is like empathy. So whatever happened that day that is regarded of empathy on how I feel or how I didn't feel or what I didn't get, I just literally verbal dump into my book and then I draw pictures sometimes with high quality art material that I have. Um, I draw borders all over it. Sometimes I write it as, um, as a poem, depending on what I need, but I find I sleep better after applying myself to paper because that means the day is done as soon as I close that book and I actually go to sleep easier. Nice. So we're just about out of time. 
but there's and there's more to say on this topic but we're just going to wrap it up with a quick summary so we would strongly encourage you to try to find ways of making the, the have to's a little bit easier get the kids learning how to do laundry plan your meals stuff like that and then um figure out how to carve out some time for yourself figure out how to carve out some time for relationships and things that are important to you um there's a lot more to say on this in terms of how a school day works. So perhaps we shall have another conversation and the nitty gritty of organizing a school day around your life. Once I figure out how to do that, I can tell you <laughs> how to organize a school day around your work. Um, yeah. So I also think that we could probably do a whole episode on the importance of not doing all the things. Yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a good yeah, idea. Because I think that that's a huge pressure and it's, you know, that fear of missing out that impacts our days. And yeah, it's a whole episode. All right. So we got lots to talk about and hopefully we'll keep talking about it. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Check out our Facebook page and have a wonderful week. And we'll see you next time on the Harmonious Homeschooler. Bye. Bye.